the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Are you looking for a lucrative side hustle? Make sure you check out alphabetareport.com. You'll learn how to turn a small amount of money into a towering asset. You'll learn about investing in the markets and much, much more. So make sure that you go over to alphabetareport.com. That's alphabetareport.com to learn more and to get started in 2024. And thank you to the Alpha Beta Report for their, their support of the Ohio Press Network. Lad Dilgard is a friend of the show, and he now joins us on the phone. Lad, how are you today, man? Jack, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. So a uh, couple things. I want to talk about the economy, and I want to, I want to talk about a, a, a new movie that came out that I aspired to see that I didn't get to watch. We had a, a busy holiday, and, and if we have some time, I want to talk about the brownies and the bungles. Um, <laughs> I'll, let you, I'll let you pick your poison first. Hey, uh, Bidenomics sounds like a great, uh, great thing to start off on. Yeah, we're out of that uh, transitory phase now, right? GDP is up. Uh, it, 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 employment numbers are great. And I saw somebody post a, a sticker of Joe Biden uh, pointing to a gas price of like $2.24. He said, I did that. So now now, now we're good, right? Like we're, we're, in a great, we're in a great spot. So inflation is still outpaced earnings for young workers, Um and so real wages are down since 2021. I mean, you just can't ignore it. And people people see this every time they go to the grocery store. Um, what I'm reading more and more about are young people who are disaffected with the Biden administration. They were they were sold a bill of goods and they didn't realize it was going to come out of their pockets. And the same things I said about Obamacare and covid is that Bidenomics is the biggest wealth transfer from the young generation to senior citizens um, that you can imagine. And, and people, you know, our, our young folks um, are realizing it. They're, they're not all buying into this woke cancel culture nonsense. Um, they're saying that, hey, you know, our credit card delinquencies are up. Our real wages are down. They've suffered more from inflation. Um, and they don't benefit from the asset price bubbles that uh, some of the senior citizens have. And when they go to go buy a house, you know, they're looking at six and seven percent interest rates at least, whereas these uh, older folks are, you know, tucked away in 30 year fixed mortgages at two and a half or three percent. So I think um, I think it's going to pay uh, dearly for the Biden administration here in the next year. You know, um, it's interesting. There ain't no such thing as a free lunch. We try to tell people, and and now the younger folks are figuring that out. <laughs> it's coming out of their paycheck. And not only a transfer of wealth to the aged, but when you look at 
who's getting richer right now? It's people who own significantly sized assets who are people who are already wealthy. So Bidenomics really has inflated the highest, uh, the price of a house, for example. And if you're, you're a younger person trying to get into a home that is, you know, outrageously valued at a high interest rate, um, your apartment living a little longer and, uh, 59% of Americans disapprove of the way Biden is handling the economy. And when you look at inflation, it's something like, I think almost 60, what, 64%, somewhere along those lines. Um, here's my question though. James Carville said it's, it's the economy stupid. And <laughs> right now we know that Joe Biden is, I don't know if it's sustainable, but he's, he's spending about 1.9 trillion annually. And that's important because it is uh, driving the calculation of gross domestic product, which they rely on as, as a number. Um, so essentially they're printing money out of thin air and making things look rosy. And by the way, the, the Federal Reserve is, is totally on their side because the Federal Reserve is run by global Marxists. And so they're going to do everything that they can to try to tamp down rates and keep you know, Joe Biden in office. Do you think that this can turn around in 11 months and that the economy will be something that Joe Biden stands on as his strength? to defeat Donald Trump or whoever the Republican nominee is in November? Boy, I, I sure don't. I, I've, I've seen several economists point to a uh, promised recession here in 2024. We kind of teetered on the brink of it here for a couple of years. Um, but you, you raise a great point that $1.9 trillion of deficit spending every single year of the Biden administration that is the only reason we haven't entered a recession yep. is just printing money and printing money. And those rents that you're talking about, these young folks who can't get into a house and they, they have to rent. Well, rents are up 20 percent during the Biden presidency, 20 percent. Wow. You know, so that that's a lot of money. And I, there's a uh, <clears throat> American Psychological Association surveys said that seniors reported less stress than they did in 2019 and young people reported more. And it was because of money, the economy and housing, not climate change, not the president's age, not Ukraine, but because they just are uncomfortable financially in ways that they haven't always been in the last 50 years. So I, I just don't think the economy is going to turn around. And I, I would be really surprised if uh, Democrats didn't pay the price for it. Next year, I, I had uh, a birthday dinner last night with one of the kids and, and some friends of the family. And uh, one of the parents there is is a Democrat. And we were having a discussion and I was I was uh, surprised. He absolutely uh, criticized the Clintons and said, "What? Well, it's the worst family I've ever seen. And then he said, this spending is out of control. It's out of control. And at some point. We've got to stop. He said, I just don't know how we stop. So when the Democrats are saying Clinton, Orange Man's not only bad, uh, Clintons are bad, and spending is out of control, um, Biden might be in trouble. He, he may just be in trouble. That's right. I, I've heard the same from some Democrats, that they're, they're very displeased. Inflation is the great equalizer among all of the political class. You cannot have inflation and have a happy population in a sustained um, electoral advantage when inflation is around because that, that's just a tax that that hits everybody. Yeah, 100 percent. And it's a 30 percent tax that we're all playing now or paying now. So you saw you saw a movie. You saw the movie over the holiday, didn't you? 
and I didn't get to see it. Tell us about it. <laughs> yeah, kudos to my wife for um, getting us together for a family night, uh, family movie night out. Um, we have two teenagers, and we all four went to the theater, and all four really dialed into a Boys in the Boat. Um, and I, I left there thinking, A, it was a great movie. I mean, it had me from beginning to end. But there was no BS in it. There was no, um, you know, transgender nephews entering the picture or <laughs> or these the two rowers suddenly, you know, decide that they're homosexual and need to have a romance or anything like that. There was it was just as far as I can tell, historical fact, a great story. Americans were the good guys. Um, here's something different for you. They're the the hero of the movie and his girlfriend were both blonde haired white people, <laughs> which I just don't think you see in the, in movies too often. They're always the villain. Yeah. Right. Yep. Um, so the, the hero is a uh, blonde haired white working class kid paying his way through university of Washington while living in a homeless camp. And with all the, the smartphones and luxuries that kids enjoy today and don't appreciate, a little bit of a spoiler spoiler alert, this young man had to get a job, get, make a team to get a job to stay in school to survive. And if he, got, he didn't make this rowing team, he wouldn't have got this job and he wouldn't have been able to stay in school. And the job was sweeping floors and cleaning cafeterias. It was just a great American um, toughness and rigor type of movie that we just haven't seen around Hollywood um, in, a, in a long time. I, I highly recommend it. Yeah, I need to get out and see it. Do you know, is it is it still in theaters? I, I heard it, it premiered on, on Christmas Day, but I don't know if it's still out there. I mean, I guess I could look it up. I don't. But I'm asking you if you just know off the top of your head. I, I think it is. I, okay. I think it started on Christmas Day. And also, there was a PBS documentary called The Boys of 36, um, the American Experience series, about the, the actual um, team, uh, about this team. And it's a great, great thing to watch before or after the movie to get all of, all of the facts around it. Uh, hey, do you want to stick for a couple minutes on the other side of this break and talk some football? Love to, Jack. Thank you. Yep, absolutely. Um, so just a reminder, you're listening to 98.9 FM, The Answer, The Bruce Woolley Show. I'm Jack Windsor, and uh, I'm joined by Lad Dilgard. And uh, up next, we're going to talk about the Cleveland Browns, who will take on the New York Jets tonight, and their probabilities of making the playoffs this year. <laughs> Can you believe it? I mean, they are the walking wounded. <laughs> it seems like they have more injuries than they do healthy players. Uh, DTR was just put on the IR. And then do the Bungles of Cincinnati, do they have a chance of making the postseason? Uh, we'll take a look at that next, so stay tuned. Welcome back in Thursday edition of the Bruce Woolley show. I'm Jack Windsor joined by Lad Dilgard and uh, Lad, uh, the Brownies have a big game tonight at home 
against the Jets, Jets, Jets. Uh, looks like they have about a 74, 75% chance of winning the game. And uh, if they win, they are in the playoffs and uh, likely the fifth seed. Uh, what, are you, what are your thoughts on that, first of all, about the Browns being uh, what, week 17 in, in a situation of win and you're in? <laughs> well, I love it, obviously. Um, we've only been waiting, you know, 30 or 40 years for us to get back to this point, for the Browns to get back to this point. A um, little bit I'm worried about is Bjorkus, uh, this incredible punter they have, is is doubtful. Um, the kicker's out, Dustin Hopkins. Um, that that stinks. They've got a couple. They've signed a couple of guys onto the practice squad that will fill in. I hope they do okay. But uh, let me hit you with a couple stats. Um, where's Joe Flacco been all my life? This guy, he's he's thrown for thirteen hundred yards and ten touchdowns, the best four games in Browns history. Wow. And among quarterbacks 38 or older, only Brady, Manning, Favre, and Warren Moon have done that, who are all in the Hall of Fame. And none of them joined the team during, at midseason. Um, he's first in yards per attempt and first in uh, 315 yards passing per game since he since Flacco took over, also number one in the NFL. Um, they have taken this play-action passing um just to a different level, and it, it is it is fun to behold. Really enjoying watching the Browns. At one point during the game against the Texans, I remember thinking, Flacco's in the huddle, and he looks at Amari Cooper and says, hey, go down to the Ford, cut left, and then cut right, and I'll throw it toward the fire hydrant and, and, and just catch the ball. <laughs> it was like they were playing backyard football. And, and Cooper was was receiver one, and Flacco was like, "Just get open, man. I'll, I'll I'll find you." Was that crazy? I've never seen anything like that. It was insane. <laughs> he is he's working really hard to get on uh, the same page with these receivers. I, I know that takes. I've never played on an NFL team, of course, but I, I know that takes a long time for them to, you know, to get into a groove. Um, you know what's what's interesting though is the Browns receivers and players and coaches really love Flacco and Flacco really loves them. He's, he's talked about how welcome they've made him feel and how much they appreciate him. Um, Meanwhile, the jets are being questioned now because they're playing the Browns of, do you regret letting Flacco get go? You know, I think they were one and eight um, with, with him as quarterback last year. Um, But they, they said, no, of course we can't, Robert Soleil, the the coach there, said, "No, of course we can't, uh, you know, dwell on that and everything." But you know, the Jets have to be kicking themselves, uh, letting him go, or at least not finding a spot for him, the way he's been playing. Yeah, he's he's been playing. You know, he's that. He kind of reminds me of Brett Favre a little bit too. It's like I'm throwing the ball. If you don't now, I got to give him a pass on. And by the way, I'm not totally criticizing his performance. I'm saying when they were down a kicker. He had to go for it on fourth down, and you know he's just throwing the ball up in the end zone. And of course, you know there were some turnovers as a, as a consequence. But this this is the guy who's like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm going to take some shots. And I wonder, uh, Jeff here in studio, he and I were talking last week. We wonder sometimes if Stefanski calls a play, <laughs> Flacco gets to the line and goes, "No, no, we're not doing that. We're going <laughs> to get a cut, cut, cut left at the truck, and then go toward the fire hydrant." Uh, he doesn't. He's not afraid 
to take some deep threats. And I've not seen that a lot. Um, it's refreshing to see. And then I, my understanding is they've got this Riley Patterson in who um, is is filling in now for Hopkins. Pretty solid kicker. Um, has about a 87, almost 88% uh, field goal attempt success rate and uh, has made almost 97% of his extra points in three seasons in the league. So, uh, and, and longs of 52, 53, 49. So no slouch. Um, that'll be nice to have somebody when you're in the red zone to be able to convert uh, three points instead of, you know, having to throw a Hail Mary um, you know, when you're at the 30 or 35 yard line, his stats do look really good. And, and I was, I was look thinking, why isn't he on an NFL team already? I mean, those, those stats are great. You, you know, what I can't believe is when Hopkins went down with the injury, these are professional athletes, 53 of them on that roster. Mm-hmm. They don't have someone who can kick a 30 yard field goal in there somewhere. You know, especially the the punter. That that's just surprising to me because um, our local high school team has a kid who can kick a forty yard field goal. <laughs> that was a little bit shocking to me as well. Yeah, I I would agree with that. Um, of course, I I was blessed. Lad Lad and I went to the same high school. You all may not know that we were several years apart, but I, I went to high school with a guy who ended up kicking for the Dallas Cowboys. I'm talking about Tim Cedar. He's now a head coach. Uh, somewhere in West Texas of a big program there. Um, but I, you know, I was in school, the guy who could kick it 50 plus. And uh, so it is surprising to me that the Browns couldn't find somebody to kind of fill in. But now they've got that guy and that uh, seems to be Riley Patterson. I don't know how long Hopkins will be out, but I feel good about Patterson just seeing just seeing his stats. We'll see. I'm sure he'll get some chances tonight. So uh, give me a prediction on the Brownies. Let's start there. Well, I, I think it's going to be something like 28 to 10, um, some, something like that. Um, the, the Browns defense did have a couple games that were tough there for a while. Um, but I think they're back. Maybe it's the opposition. Who knows? But, but they look back to, even with these injuries, to the swarming, aggressive, um, especially on the defensive line. Their defensive line is, are beasts. I mean, they, these guys are killers back there you know just uh they're on the quarterback all the time stopping the run cold so i just don't think a lot of teams in the nfl are going to be able to score on them the way they're playing so all right bungles fans i'm not going to skip over you um my friend dan in cincinnati he's all over this stuff he he plays out the scenarios uh and and you know shoots it over to me he said fyi if my calculations are correct Bengals make the playoffs if Cincinnati wins both games uh, remaining, uh, Pittsburgh loss and a Jacksonville loss or Houston loss. Now, I will say this. If the Browns win tonight, I could see them resting people next week. And that might give Cincinnati the edge, but Cincinnati would have to be the uh, Chiefs. So 30 seconds, lad. You think the, you think the Bengals can beat the Chiefs and uh, run the table? I think they can. Um, I hope they don't beat the Browns next week. I, uh, but I, the Chiefs are in meltdown mode, are they not? I mean, Taylor Swift. Taylor's, Taylor Swift <laughs> may be the problem. Who knows? Um, or maybe you know Patrick Mahomes not being able to keep his cool, or or whatever it is. The Chiefs are not playing like a Super Bowl winner. Um, and I would I would love to see the Bengals knock them off. Yeah. Um, 
Ten seconds here, lad. Go ahead. Oh, I'm I'm just uh, pleasantly surprised with the way the Bengals have rebounded from the Joe Burrow um, injury. Maybe it's a fact, uh, a part of Burrow being on the sidelines with them. I don't know. Amen to that. But we'll find out. Uh, Go Browns. Uh, Lad Dilgard, thanks for joining us today, man. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.